Hey guys, this is the New Heights Church Podcast, and we just want to welcome you and thank you for joining us today. We hope this message inspires and encourages you. Here at New Heights, we exist to love people and point them to Christ. Enjoy today's service. Father, I'm asking that your people would hear your voice today and not mine. I'm asking that your word would speak to us and change us in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Amen. I want to tell you a story. Actually, I kind of want to jump into a story right in the middle of it. There was a guy who had a daughter that was sick. His name was Jairus, and he was the ruler of a synagogue years ago while Jesus walked the earth. And he found out that Jairus' daughter was sick and about to die because Jairus came and told him, and Jesus said, sure, I'll come heal her. And he was making his way to Jairus' house to do a miracle. And on the way to Jairus' house, a lady that we call the woman with the issue of blood, which if we were more accurately going to call her, we would call her the woman formally with an issue of blood because now she doesn't have any issue because Jesus healed her. But Jesus was walking through a crowd and everywhere Jesus went in those days, people would, would pile around him and they would pull all over him and they would try to get close to him. There was no microphones. There was no sanctuaries like this. There was no way of broadcasting. So everybody was trying to get close to him so they could hear him or even see a miracle or maybe even experience a miracle. And the Bible says that this lady who had been sick for 12 years pressed through all the people, reached out and grabbed the hem of his garment. And when she did, the Bible said that dynamite power shot out of Jesus and went into her and she was immediately healed. So as as this happens, Jesus stops in his tracks and he turns around and he says, who touched me? The woman being scared, not knowing what that meant, not knowing if it meant that she was in trouble, was she not in trouble, she was concerned. But whenever she realized Jesus knew already who it was, he wasn't asking a question he didn't know. If you're taking notes, maybe maybe you could jot this one down. God doesn't ask you a question he doesn't know the answer to. He wants to know if you'll be honest. I'll give you some examples of some questions that God will ask you. Are you ready to give me that yet? Are you tired of carrying that yet? Will you be made whole? He's not asking you whether or not he can do it. He's asking you, are you ready to believe? So she's going and she grabs the hem of his garment. Jesus stops, turns around, said, power just came out of me. And he looks at her and he says, who touched me? And she doesn't want to answer. Finally, she realizes Jesus already knows the answer. She said, it was me. She said, I knew if I could just touch the edge of your cloak, the edge of your coat, the edge of your garment, I would be healed. And the Bible says that instantaneously she was healed. And Jesus looks her in the face and says, woman, your faith has made you whole. What I'm trying to say is your faith has a role in this. You can't just think that you'll be healed because I think you'll be healed. You can't just go to heaven because I know Jesus. Come on, somebody. You got to believe for yourself. So we picked up on this on Friday evening. As soon as they lowered the restrictions and, and, and again, I thank God for being in Texas. They never told us what we have to do. They just laid out guidelines and we did our best to honor them and still are. That's why the sanctuary is only about 25% full. But what I'm trying to tell you is this. When, when everything starts to shift 
in one direction or another, you have to make a consistent decision to do this. You have to keep your expectations high. On Friday night, I shared that because the woman said, if I can just touch the edge of his garment, I'll be healed. In other words, she had her expectation high because your expectations, they are the things that set the framework for the miracle you will experience. Furthermore, you have to decide after Jesus, listen, after Jesus talks to the lady, now all of a sudden somebody comes up. Now, remember, he's on his way to Jairus' house to heal Jairus' daughter. He's on his way to do a miracle, and it's almost like you're driving uh, on the interstate, and you decide to take an exit, and instead of going to your final destination, you take a pit stop. Jesus was on his way to do a miracle, and stopped at a pit stop, and did a miracle on the way to doing a miracle. So Jesus is on his way to do a miracle, stops, does another miracle. Well, while he's doing this other miracle, somebody comes up and says, Jairus, don't bother Jesus anymore, your daughter's dead. Jesus hears this, turns around and says to Jairus, he said, Jairus, I heard him, but here's what I want you to do. Only believe. This is where we pick up in the story. There are two keys that came before this. The first one is you got to get your expect, you got to keep your expectation high. The second thing is you got to keep believing even challenging times. I have two more keys for you this morning that I want to share with you before we leave. It won't take but just a few minutes. So let's lock in. Let's lock in and find out what God's word says. The Bible says that Jesus heard them say this and he turns around in verse 36 and says, Jairus, don't be afraid, only believe. Now, verse 37, Mark chapter five, Mark chapter five, verse 37. Here, here we go. Jesus is now back in route to Jairus' house. Jairus just got the worst news that a parent could ever get. Jesus looks at him, says, only believe. Jairus is probably in shock, most likely. As a human being, he's probably in shock. He just got word that his daughter has died. And Jesus says to him, I heard what they said, but I only want you to believe. Verse 37, and he, Jesus, suffered no man to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Peter, James, and John. Number one, first key I wanna, I wanna just bring out real quick. When you're going through challenging times, you have to recognize, here it is, everybody cannot go where you're going. Everybody cannot go where you're going. You've got to be comfortable with some steps. I want to say alone, but you're really never alone. You've got to be willing to go to some places regardless if anybody else goes. Jesus didn't suffer anybody else because there's places, there's places where somebody else's belief or unbelief can drastically affect somebody's experience. So when you're sharing your heart, can I say this? Don't share your heart with somebody that you know is going to stomp on it. I'm going to say that for all the single ladies watching online. Don't share your heart with somebody that's just going to stomp on it. Don't, don't, don't waste your time throwing your pearls in front of pigs. 
You say, well, how do you know if it's a pig if it rolls in the mud? Because everybody can't go where you're going. Oh, they might get there, but it's not your responsibility to drag them kicking and screaming. It's your responsibility to move towards the things of God that he has called you to follow after and know a significant part of your faith walk is going to mean there is an exclusivity to the call of God on your life. Everybody has a plan God has orchestrated on your life. It is a predestined plan for your success and for you to influence the world for the sake of the kingdom of God. And if you go through life making sure that the entire cheerleading squad goes with you, you will only get as far as the squad will go. And you will miss what God has for you. Number one, you got to absolutely make sure that if Jesus said go, you're not asking, but who, who else is going with us? If Jesus says go, you go. Because there's some people in your life that are there for a lifelong relationship. There's some people in your life, it's just a seasonal thing. There's some people in your life that, that were never supposed to be in your life at that level. And keeping them in your life at that level didn't hurt them, but it certainly slowed you down. So if we're going to go through challenging times, we got to recognize, listen, if I get called into the fire, there's going to be a lot of people bowing and watching, thinking I'm about to burn. But if I'm called into the fire, heat the thing up, I'm hopping in. Because everybody doesn't have to go. If Jesus said go, that's enough. I'll just say this. In, in, the, in, the, in the world that I grew up in, everybody was always looking for and talking about confirmation from a standpoint of looking for 15 different confirmations that God said to do something. Can I just say this? Maybe this would be an example. You're, you're at the grocery store and you see somebody behind you. Maybe it's a young lady with a, with a baby on her arm and, and another baby in the, in the stroller. And, and you can tell that that, that basket... Is not as full as that basket needs to be for that family. And something on the inside of you says, buy their groceries. Let me just tell you something. You don't need, you don't need 10 different confirmations to know that was God. Let me just say this. Satan is not going to tell you to buy somebody's groceries. He's going to tell you to cut in line and buy a pack of cigarettes and buy some beer and drink it and smoke it and die early. That's what his voice sounds like. You don't have to have 15 different confirmations when God says something. You say, well, how do I know God's speaking? Well, first off, if it's in the Bible, it's God saying it. Secondly, if, if it lines up, with what the word says, doesn't contradict it, and you know down deep, because the Bible says this, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger's voice they won't follow. You can spend the rest of your life second-guessing what God said to you, and you can miss the places God's trying to take you. But the one thing I want you to take out of this, I'm only going to give you two keys this morning, and then we're going to be out of here because we got to get ready for the next service. It's going to take a little bit longer now in between as we're being extremely proactive. But the first thing is this, you've got to recognize everybody's not going where you're going and you got to learn to be okay with that. People are going to get off the bus of your life 
Some people, they, they never had a ticket to begin with. And when I say out of your life, I don't mean like they have to be out of your life forever. I'm just saying, stop sharing your heart with people that don't love your heart. Furthermore, stop sharing your symptoms with somebody who has no remedy. I go to the doctor if I need a doctor and I share my symptoms because I know they have a remedy for my symptoms. But I don't just go talking about my symptoms to somebody who doesn't have a remedy for my symptoms. In other words, if they can't help you with your problem, your problem is none of their business. Come on, if they're not full of faith, they're not going in the room to pray. Come on, if, if, they think, if they think Jesus can't raise a girl from the dead, they're not walking in the dead room with me. If they're wondering whether or not God can do it, they're, they're not going into that situation. I'm happy to minister with them and talk with them and all those different things, but I'm not dragging them to the place of life and death if they think death has the final say. He said, he said Peter, James, and John, you guys come with me. Everybody else is going to have to stay here for a minute. And the scripture says, as they went, he came to the house, the ruler of the, of the, of the ruler of the synagogue of Jairus, verse 38, and he saw the, the, the tumult or the, or the confusion that was going on and everybody was weeping and crying, verse 39. And, and when he came in, he said to them, why do you make uh, this much ado? He said, why are you crying so much? The girl is not dead, but sleeps. Now, number one, it's not unreasonable for them to be crying and to be totally a wreck at that time. It was a, it was a worst case scenario for Jairus. And everybody was in confusion. Everybody was crying. Everybody was sad. But here's what happened in verse 40. They laughed at him. They laughed him to scorn. And when he had put them all out, he took the father and mother uh, of the damsel. But here's the thing. They laughed at him and they made fun of him. I want you to know this. This is not one of the points I necessarily want you to, to, to write down. But I just want you to know that hurting people hurt people. Jesus comes in and it would have sounded crazy. They had checked her pulse. They had checked her breathing. She's not breathing. Her heart is not beating. And Jesus says, she's just asleep. It's not unusual for somebody to be a little frustrated at that. So they said, they said, they laughed at him. They said, are you crazy? And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, I hear what you're saying, but you guys are going to need to get out. Mom, dad, I want you guys to come in the room with me. And they took the, he took the mom and the dad and they went where the girl was, and they entered where the girl was laying. And when she was there, when he got in there, verse 41, he took the damsel by the hand, the young lady, and he said unto her, Talitha Kumai, which is interpreted damsel or young lady, little girl, I say unto you, arise. If you wanted a word from God today, and I'm closing with this. If you wanted a word from God today, thus saith the Lord, arise. Don't you stay dead because everybody expects you to stay dead. Don't you stay down because everybody counted you out. Don't you stay less than because somebody thinks you're less than. God says to you, arise. Which brings me to my next key. Number one, you got to know everybody can't go with you. Number two, this is critical in challenging times. Call things that are not 
as if they were. You got a kid acting crazy. No, that's not how you act, baby. You're strong. You're smart. You're the head. You're not the tail. You call things that you're not seeing as if you were seeing them. This doesn't replace parenting, by the way. You can't just say this and not be a parent. You know, you got to be in it. But the first thing you have to do is recognize everybody can't go with you. And then secondly, the follow-up is you got to call things that are not as if they were. If you're not feeling like the head, you're feeling like the tail, sat on, kicked around. That's when you declare what God said about you. No, 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 no. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm blessed in my coming in and I'm blessed in my going out. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Now you're declaring a thing. You're calling something that is not as if it were. In other words, and I don't want you to get weird with this terminology, but whether you like it or not, whatever comes out of your mouth, you're prophesying your future. What do you want to see? Say it. What do you want to see? Say it. What do you want to see? Church online, what do you want to see? Say it. What do you want to see? Say it. Write that book. You don't have to have 10 people tell you you're a good author. Write that book. You say, how do I know when it's time? When you know it's time, write the book. Then what do I do with it? Then you publish it. Then what do I do with it? Then you sell it. Then what do I do with it? Then you bless your, your, your family and widows and orphans and the kingdom of God and do all that other stuff. But stop having to have everybody pat you on the bottom when God already told you you're not the bottom anyway. You, you got to know going in. You're going to have to call some stuff that's not as if it already were. You're going to have to talk to your future until your future lines up. I don't know about you, but my kids are, are, are incredible children. But there's a lot of things I've had to say several times. I'm not mad about it. But the reality is, is I'm committed to the result. I'm not committed to, to watching something that is and say that's the way it's always going to be. I'm committed to the result. I don't know about you. But I'm raising kings and generals. Why? Because Revelation 1 says we're kings and priests. And queens. Praise the Lord. Number one. Everybody's not going with you. Number two. You're going to have to call things that are not as if they were. Jesus said unto her, Damsel, arise. And when he says this. When he says this, the Bible says, straightway, the little girl arose and walked. She was 12 years old, and they were astonished with great astonishment. That sounds redundantly redundant. I know I said two, but I'm going to give you one more. The Bible says, straightway. To everybody outside the room, it looked like suddenly she was fine. 
And to everybody you tell the story to, they go, oh, wow, that's something. But it's impossible to understand the emotional roller coaster of going through your life if it's not your life. So when you tell somebody about what God did and their heart doesn't bleed with you, you have to recognize it's impossible for anybody to understand your life as much as you understand it because all they see is the straightway moments. All they see are the suddenlies and they don't see the deathbed. They don't see the 12 years that the woman with the issue of blood spent all she had on physicians. All they say is that's the lady who got healed. What I'm trying to tell you is every, t- every step you take, even in challenging times, number three, you're one step closer to your suddenly. Some of you have been waiting for God to move. Some of you have been standing and believing God to move. Some of you have been asking for revival without even having a great definition of what it is. You just know you want it. And I want you to know, every single step you take, you're one step closer to your suddenly. I decree and declare a suddenly breakthrough straightway anointing on this house. I decree and declare a suddenly breakthrough straightway anointing on every person watching online. And I decree and declare that your children, your grandchildren are coming into a suddenly straightway anointing on their life. I decree and declare that yokes are about to break off of your life that have been holding you for years. All because even going through the valley of the shadow of death, you realized if I have to go alone, I'll go alone. If I have to walk alone, I'll walk alone. But I'm not going to grow weary and well-doing. And even in the middle of this situation, I'm going to be the one that stands out like a sore thumb because I'm steadily calling things that are not as if they were. And while I'm calling things that are not as if they were, I know I am one step closer to my suddenly breakthrough because the king is en route to my house. Stand to your feet if you would. I'm done teaching. You're one step closer to your suddenly. One step closer. Some of you, you're going to have a breakthrough before the sun goes down today. Some of you, you're going to have a breakthrough by the end of the week. Some of you, it's going to be by the end of the summer. Some of you, it's going to be by the end of 2020. But I'm telling you, the key to success in Jesus Christ is don't you grow weary in well-doing. Because that suddenly reaping moment is coming. If you look out in the field, it's like, well, the corn's getting pretty tall. Corn's getting pretty tall. Corn's getting pretty tall. But in an instant, they say, okay, it's harvest time. I want you to look out over the field of your life and I want you to see the stalks getting taller and taller and taller and taller. And I don't know when it's time to lay the sickle in, but God says every step you take, you're getting one step closer to your suddenly harvest. There's nothing like following God. There's nothing like serving God. In the valley, in the challenge, in the moment, And if you commit to go alone, if you have to, you won't have to. But if you commit to go alone, if you have to, you'll see him in the valley. If you commit to call things that are not, you'll find angels moving on your behalf. And every step you take is one step closer to that breakthrough. 
I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there are a couple of things that I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, follow us on social media. That is the best way to stay up to date on everything happening at New Heights. We look forward to you joining us next time on the New Heights podcast. And if you are ever in the Bryan College Station area, we invite you to come out to New Heights Church for a live service. I promise we'll make you feel right at home.